Hey, welcome to episode two of the Connect to Podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm here. Mark Hughes. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Good. How's it going with you, Jeff? Excellent. Hey, first of all, thanks so much and congratulations for getting our first episode uh, up on on the web this morning, available everywhere, podcast, Podbean and, and iTunes and anywhere you can get your podcast. So that's uh, that's exciting. Yeah, it'll take a few days to propagate, and by the time this podcast comes out, it'll have been out for a little bit, but uh, hopefully uh, people take an opportunity to listen in, and uh, I hope it's something of interest to them. Yeah, well, seven downloads already, so we're in good shape. <laughs> it's only been a few hours. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start with the mailbag. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, so no mail yet. Um, however, we do have our own URL. Uh, which is uh, um, podcast.com and uh, a new email address, which is connect2podcast at gmail.com. So now as people are beginning to jump on board and we have two subscribers as well as of this morning, uh, we'll have a place for them to send their uh, observations and complaints maybe. <laughs> so, oh, and just, to, just to, as a quick note, uh, in Connect2, it's the numeral 2. So connect the number two podcast. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Um, okay. So what are the two new things we learned this week? Well, I, I have a bit of a, a, a quick story I want to talk about. It's a thing that I learned and it's a bit, a bit of an experience. So basically I, I had to, to unsubscribe from two things this week and I'm, I'm only going to name the company that did it well. <laughs> I'm going to just refer to the other one and it's this, frustrating idea of keeping people captive. So my son Isaac wanted to stop subscribing to Roblox, which is through iTunes. So I got onto iTunes, two minutes, boom, found the unsubscribe, hit a button. The other thing I wanted to unsubscribe to, which I will not name, is a is a an ongoing subscription to a publication, let's say in a, a legacy industry. I'm just going to say that. And immediately after unsubscribing from the iTunes thing, I went to the website and I was on there for like 40 minutes and I could find numerous buttons that said um, renew or increase your subscription, but no cancellation button. And so then I phoned them and beautifully enough, they only operate from uh, 8 a.m. to noon Toronto time, which means if you don't phone them before 10 in the morning. And I just got so frustrated with this idea of a business that is playing like a George Costanza from Seinfeld where it hides know, under if, the desk. No, it was, remember that episode where a girl wanted to break up with him and he figured he had no contact so that she couldn't, it was just this insane, <laughs> you know, and I thought, well, why make it so hard? Like if I don't want your product anymore, right. If I don't see value in it to, to try to hide the, the, the unsubscribe. So I, I, I really got frustrated and I thought I'd mention it. So I, I'd say if you're a business, don't do that. Like, you know, if you're not any value, let, let people go now, just to be fair, I finally 45 minutes on the phone this morning. And the individual that I dealt with was very pleasant, very competent, unsubscribed me, you know, didn't make me feel bad. But corporately, I just thought, like, why? Why so obviously try to make it hard for people to cancel their subscription? It just, you know, it doesn't look good. Yeah, well, I've, I've, we have had a similar experience. My son is into anime and he likes uh, watching. There's this uh, uh, iTunes app that you can get called Crunchyroll. And uh, it does a subscription and it basically draws from your Apple account in our case it's uh, he's using an iPad and um, 
I pre- pre- he previously had wanted it and then he didn't want it for a while and he wanted it back so I resubscribed for it but wow. I cannot see how I can stop it if I want to because it's not obvious where it is or how much it is so um Previously, it was they sent me an email and I was able to unsubscribe that way. Okay, but this time not so much. So I got to figure that out before the the bills start coming in. So. Yeah. Well, so on iTunes, I went to like I logged in and under account, there's actually a place called subscriptions. Yeah, it's and, not there. Oh, it's not there. Okay. No. Well, there you go. So <laughs> I can't help uh, you. Well, I know this is not this is not IT support today, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm reasonably competent in a lot of the software stuff. So when I run into significant roadblocks, I get like really frustrated. I'm a bit of a dog on a bone with it too, so I tend not to let it go. Right. So anyway. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, what else have you learned? What else have I learned? I learned. Uh, well, I've been dealing with um, uh, a local baseball team that I had gotten uh, tickets, uh, season tickets to oh, yeah. uh, before the pandemic. So um, that local baseball team was called the Edmonton Prospects. Right. And right. Um, well, when the pandemic hit, they had to suspend their season. But they did one thing further. They actually decided to move. They've moved to Spruce Grove. Oh, right, I and, heard about this. Um, they don't actually have a, a place to play. And... <laughs> When I said, listen, I need, you know, because the existing ballpark was like a 10-minute bicycle ride from my house. Super close. Very right. convenient. Great thing to do on a yeah. summer evening. A beautiful uh, facility, too. So, yeah, to move yeah. to Spruce Grove, which is about a 50-minute drive. Yeah. And um, so um, I said, you know, please refund my money. And here's the catch. If... Uh, if they had sent me tickets, on the back of your tickets uh, is your actual contract for your your, your tickets. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's where they sure. say that they won't give you your money back. Um, similarly, if you do it online, you do it, there's actually a, a, a basically a contract listed out. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I actually ordered mine over the phone, and all I got was a simple receipt. I don't have a contract. So... I have complained to them about this repeatedly. Uh, right now, the owner of the team, who I was directed to to contact, has ghosted me. Wow. Refused the registered mail that basically where I was going to demand uh, the him, he return the money. So now I've got to take him to small claims court. So nice. that's going to be an experience. I'm not I'm not looking forward to it. I don't like dealing with this kind of stuff. But but oh well. If you're going to push it, you push it. So, wow. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's one thing I learned today. You know, uh, sometimes you do need to read the back of those ticket stubs. Yeah. No, I hear you. Interesting how these things flow. So yesterday I went to the courthouse for, uh, for my wife, who's a lawyer and she needed to file some documents. And I spent an hour and a half uh, in line at the courthouse. And, uh, again, you know, bureaucratic hell, and uh, I have to admit, I, I, I was practicing my, my in, inner meditation. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, the people I felt the, well, the sorriest for was the people that worked there. Because it's, uh, you know, you can see the funding is cut. There's like two windows open, this long line of people who don't know what they're doing. And every single person is, is the <laughs> fight almost broke out. And I was like, wow. So, you know, 
I get to be here like one day, they have to be here every day. So I, I when I finally got to the window, and, and this is the kicker, the guy look, took one look at the document and said, you got to e-file this. So an hour and a half to go back home and tell my wife, you got to e-file this. Oh. So. Well, and I have to say that uh, <laughs> if you ever get to a dispute where you want to sue people, unless you're actually a lawyer, it's never a satisfactory result. Yeah, it never. Right. There's, it's never. You, you know, no matter how vindicated you are, you end up yeah. spending a lot of money to be able to get right. to that point. And if you're defending yourself against some sort of frivolous thing, or even if it's real and legitimate, it's still everything costs money, and yeah, nobody ends up feeling great about it. So let me ask you this though: like, what what do you think the logic behind this guy who who says you know ghosts you? I mean, I don't know what the, these tickets were worth, but compared to the to the totality of the operation, it cannot be. Like, I can't believe that you're canceling your, your subscription is somehow going to tank the boat. So you look at the Goodwill. We I mean, were talking about it here. And, you know, as you know, people are much more prone to sharing bad experiences. I think it's like a five to one, maybe even higher ratio, right? Oh, man, you go somewhere, you I, get I a just service. Shared, I just shared a bad experience. Oh, no. This is supposed to be a positive podcast. Yeah. Well, realistic too, right? Yeah. But I But, like, I wonder, like, what the logic because it ties into like the big corporation that I was telling you about. It's sort of the same idea. It's like, yep, thanks for your money, and now you're on your own, brother. Well, and, and to be honest, <laughs> uh, before that point in time, I was a huge fan. We had, had gotten season tickets a couple of years in a row. Uh, we've gotten swag from the from the team, a big supporter. Oh, sure. Really enjoyed Absolutely. the product. It was awesome. And this has really put a pretty sour taste in my mouth. So. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, um, a lot of times people talk about what team you root for, which team. Sure. And, and realistically with sports teams, you're in a very, very, uh, if you, if you cut it down to the very bare bone, you're cheering for laundry because that player who's on that <laughs> team today is okay. your favorite player. Right. And as soon as he gets traded or leaves due to free agency or something to yep. a different team, he's the most hated, vile person. That's right. True enough. And the only yeah. thing that's actually changed on him is the laundry. That's so true. Which what team jerseys wearing and um, and you know even the teams they don't often have a ton of loyalty to necessarily the cities that they're in. There's lots that have moved over the years. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Uh, look at uh, was it Oakland has just moved to Las Vegas. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And, That's right. Uh, that th- sounds there's, familiar. There's, yeah. there's the St. Louis yeah. Rams and the L.A. Rams, and there's tons of teams that have moved in in the U.S. I'm more familiar with in Canada as well, and it's, uh, it's. Hey man, I I grew up, you know, big Expos fan, so I'm I'm still bitter that they left. Although so, that there's talk about them getting another team. So, so you're a Nationals fan now or is it just the laundry? You know, I've yeah, I've kind of lost touch with baseball, but uh, <laughs> but I'll just, you know, just as a closing point, the thing that makes me sort of sad is it's not it's not the people, right? Like cuz you're dealing with the folks on the front lines. Like the guy I spoke to this morning, you know, really pleasant, but it's these corporate decisions that like this is the owner of of the team who's ghosting you. It's not the people who are 
you know, selling the peanuts or, or cleaning the, and, and it has a bad no, and impact in fact, the, on them. And right? In fact, the agent I talked to, I was always getting responses. Yeah. And, and he said, do you need to talk to the owner? And never got a response. <laughs> um, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I am a big fan of sports teams. I, you know, I like the local Edmonton Oilers a lot, even though they've done nothing to, to, to win in the last little bit. But, uh, but it, it's fun to cheer for a team, whatever the team is. So yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's okay. carry on. Yep. Sounds good. So today we're going to talk specifically about Indiegogo. Yes. Now, Indiegogo is a crowdsourcing, um, uh, website that allows platform you platform. Yeah. It's very much, uh, people will be more familiar with Kickstarter because it's kind of the big one. Right. Uh, but Indiegogo is uh, is quite large as well. Mm-hmm. It's just not as famous as Kickstarter. And uh, just as I, I've, I've heard many times by many other people, Kickstarter is not a store. And uh, I personally uh, lost a ton of, oh, well, not a ton. I got lost a big chunk of money. I bought something on, on Kickstarter and it turned out to be a fake campaign oh is that right yeah me and uh, about uh, like a uh, like ten thousand other people went and backed up to the tune of like six hundred thousand dollars or this this these three guys who may not actually be the guys in the picture um <laughs> it uh it was uh yeah it was for um for uh an SSD. So it w- at the time, so SSD is a solid state drive for your hard drive. And I wanted to get these external hard drives. Oh, okay. For like, your photography work. Yeah. Seemed yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. good price and a good product. Okay. Uh, it was recommended by Kickstarter. So I'm going like, well, okay. I bought other stuff on Kickstarter and it's always come through. Now I tended to, to back in those cases, people that I knew of. Right. And there were more their reputation was better established. Okay. And, um, and, uh, but anyway, so these three guys, there's three guys, young guys. Anyway, turns out they just disappeared. They absolutely disappeared and uh, they ghosted everybody. And wow. uh, Kickstarter, uh, when I think when it originally started, had these rules that you could, you could invoke your rights and get your money back. But uh, that is long since <laughs> disappeared. <laughs> So it's pretty a, funny to see the, the fine print. Of course. Well, look, the, so yeah. people will find this old uh, charter from like 2012. Oh yeah. That uh, doesn't apply and hasn't applied no. for a long time. Of course not. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, and if you did, did do some digging, you find out that the three pictures of the guys, two of the three pictures are of uh, guys that work at a dental clinic in China. Stock photo, okay. No, they're not oh, no. stock photo. There's stolen photos of one is like the head of the dentistry department. Wow. And uh, and the name is not the same. No. And uh, so, so these guys were too cheap to even buy stock photos. They just <laughs> stole stuff off the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so that's the bad part of Kickstarter. So, right. with, uh, in Kickstarter, and the way it w- works is you have an idea or concept of something you want to make. Sure. And Indiegogo is the same. Um, so you have a, and in my case, we're looking at Indiegogo specifically to publish a book, self-publish a book. Right. This book is a book that I'm doing called Rescued, which will be a book about, um, uh, about animals that were brought into a local animal rescue Yep. and then taking a look at them after they got rescued and their families and what happened to them and understanding their stories. Right. 
So that's the concept. So in order to be able to do this, you have to come up with an idea of what the product is going to look like, how yep. big it is, how many pages, what the general sure. format is, um, the theme. And uh, and so so I'm about to launch that next week, hopefully, on, uh, on uh, Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Uh, the one thing I need to do is get a... Uh, um, a short video so I'm going to do a little short video it's going to be about two to three minutes okay introducing the thing and the, the project the product you have right. to have perks and rewards so if people sponsor at a particular level what do they get do they get one book do they get a book and a calendar do they get a book and a hat or sure. whatever so yep. all these different levels so we've kind of worked out most of that got and it. then you gotta and there's this uh this in interesting thing with it. So with Kickstarter, it's an all or nothing thing. So if you say your goal is to raise $50,000, let's say. Right. Uh, if you raise $49,000, yep. um, when your campaign is over, you get zero and all the money is returned to the donors. Okay. Um, interesting. So, and there's this uh, hive mind or hive mind mis uh, hysteria associated with it. So suppose you needed to raise $50,000. Okay, yep. You're better off saying your goal is $10,000. And then what happens is as soon as you hit your goal, now you get this new flood of people who are backing you because, oh, oh okay. hit, they've hit this target. It's going to happen. It's right. real now. Everybody loves a winner. Everybody ah, loves a winner. Sure, okay. Right? That so, makes sense. So, uh, cool. Yeah, so it makes it... So a lot of those Kickstarter targets are actually uh, unnecessarily low in order to make sure they hit the target. Right. So A, they get all the money. Sure. Uh, so that they yeah, can do what right. they need to do. And B, that uh, that they can actually get to their real goals because the, the soft goals and uh, and then keep keep going. Um, but there's there's a lot of um, planning and infrastructure in place to right. try and, and set it up and make it go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, so so indie so what is your what is your target going to be? My target I think is going to be um somewhere between 5 and 10,000 dollars I'll set uh, I'll, okay. I haven't super decided on the the right. final final amount. The the goal is to try and um keep the production costs low. Sure. So with books the the lower your production run the more expensive they are on a per unit basis. Okay. Um so if we can get it at a reasonable um reasonable size of run then we will end up um, bringing the cost down and it's more affordable to everybody okay so what what's indiegogo's spiel though so let's say so, you get the ten thousand and you don't publish the book if they do they just send you a nasty note or goons come by and take the money back like how do they, they do it different they they don't do it any different kickstarter is the same uh basically they try to get the creators to uh to provide the money uh and deliver um, right but they don't yeah it's it's not much right. different but but there are a few differences with indiegogo which is kind of why we've chosen indiegogo okay one is indiegogo also has what's called a flexible campaign so you actually don't have to hit you you can even if you if you hit that forty nine thousand dollars of the fifty thousand dollars you would get forty nine thousand dollars right okay if it's a flexible target um, the second thing is Indiegogo has this after okay, after thing. So once you have finished your campaign, yep. you can carry on um, getting pre-orders 
through the Indiegogo campaign. In fact, Kickstarter uses the Indiegogo. Um, it has a particular name like uh, Indiegogo Demand or something, which okay. actually allows you to purchase um, more of those products and sponsorship right. levels after uh, after the the campaign is complete. So hmm. it, it it allows for um, kind of online marketing of your of your your product. Gotcha. Uh, after the short period of time and typically the campaigns are pretty short right they go from about 30 days to uh, 60 days is kind of the outside window and 60 days is a pretty long campaign and again there's this um, there is this dynamic associated with it where you're trying really hard to create a in a business terms you're calling it a call to action you you set a deadline that really encourages people to do something by a certain right. date. <clears throat> Again, that, that psychology of yeah. needing to, uh, I don't know if it's fear of missing out or, but yeah, you know. Yeah. And, okay. and if you, so if you, uh, so if you leave it too long, people will tend to put it off. Whereas right. if you have it reasonably short, people will keep it reasonably top of mind and they say, I got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so when you run a campaign, is it, is it access to Canadian funds only or, or is it, People from all over the world can can donate. Anybody well, from all over donates the wrong word, but invest, I guess. Anybody right? can invest uh, or basically uh, back your project, right? Um, from wherever. Um, yep. If you're getting, if you uh, so so usually there's kind of like you can contribute to the project without actually getting anything. You can also contribute to it to get usually the product is sure. the most common Like a thing. pre-order kind of It's thing. a pre-order right. thing. And that's so what it, you're doing? Yeah. So people okay. will be able to pre-order the book. And if they order so many, then they will get other perks. Right. And um, But the thing, if you're getting international orders, is you have to uh, think about shipping and how you're going to handle shipping. Sure. And how you're going to actually uh, package the the books to be able to get them to their destination. Right. So, uh, so you need to know how much your book weighs, even though you've never made the book yet. Right. And they have a rough idea on packaging, shipping costs and plans and how you're going to put it into cardboard to get it to the, to the, the pure later FedEx or whatever you're sure. using for the, the, the courier. Cool. So it's, uh, there's lots of, uh, lots of little details. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, and there's a lot of marketing, a lot of people who, with, uh, with these crowdsourcing campaigns, so you should have about a third of the money already raised through your private networks before you even start and launch your campaign so that when it gets and it hits the ground, it, it, it hits the ground running. Right. Okay. So, so number one lesson that you'd share about dealing with the crowdsourcing world? Uh, well, crowdsource well, from a creator or side. Crowdfunding, I, I guess, is crowdfunding crowdsourcing it, it, it's, it's it's a bit of both i think the the number one thing is you need to to have a plan and kind of think through the plan fairly carefully right with a lot of specific details in place before you're ready to launch i had originally planned on launching mid-may and um, just been delaying for a few to get a few of the key pieces in place and uh, i'm pretty much ready i'm actually going to be talking to Later this week, I'm talking to a gentleman who crowdsourced a, a book that was quite similar. Uh, his name is Greg Murray. He's a photographer out of out of uh, eastern eastern U.S. and he okay. did a book called uh, "For the Love of Peanut Butter." So it's a picture of all these dogs uh, licking peanut butter. Oh, okay. I thought it was a book about peanut butter. Maybe. No, 
It's dark. <laughs> it's a, he's a pet photographer. So he's <laughs> Pictures of jars of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd Here's want to crowdsource that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Um, have you browsed the, the, the site at all and, you know, seen some weird projects? Because I know people will, will crowdfund, especially in the States, you know, a, a lot of... Uh, I need cancer treatment or in fact, there's a college humor, uh, a video about that on YouTube. Where well, there's talking about, we didn't want this to become this maudlin sad, you know, thing, but in, in some respects it has become, well, there's, um, there's GoFundMe, which is, uh, oh, which is right. A, which right. is the, the thing. Yes. It's actually related to both Kickstarter and Indiegogo. And I can't remember which one it's, it's related to specifically, but GoFundMe is crowdsourcing okay. for those kinds That's of things. That's the one I'm thinking of, yes. So both Kickstarter and Indiegogo tend to be product-based for uh, creators. Right. Um, I, I like the idea of Indiegogo because it's, um, because it's got this flexible plan as well as it um, it has more books on it, I think, sure. than K- Kickstarter. Yep. Kickstarter tends to be, there's more tech stuff. Okay. Um, okay. Kickstarter is. We're doing an app. We're doing a thingamajig. We're, yeah, and uh, and Kickstarter yeah. is definitely way better known uh, than Indiegogo. Okay. And um, um, so I, I think more of the Kickstarter campaigns are successful just because people kind of search for things okay. to back. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Indiegogo, I think you you got to go through a little bit more of a social media campaign to try and get that out there and make people aware and. And, and build up a lot of a lot of energy. So right. So that's cool. kind of uh, that's kind of uh, that's it in. Uh, well, I wouldn't say a nutshell because we went, we've gone on for a little bit. <laughs> so my two takeaways, I guess, from what you've been telling me, are a do your homework if you're going to be using one of these, and then uh, I guess modulate your expectation if you're sending money. You know, look at it more in terms of a investment upon which you may not get a return as opposed to as you said don't don't think it's a store it's a guaranteed not a store yeah here's my money where's my thing and it's like no thing but but thanks yeah so i was still i'm still really pissed buyer beware or investor beware i guess there's only i mean i've i've probably backed about five or six things on kickstarter i've only really had one bad experience oh well there you go so that's not bad so no it's not so it just means uh you know everybody always says do your homework but do your homework make sure that the people that are doing it are credible and <laughs> don't just have nice faces that are stolen from a dentistry yeah there you dentistry go business in, in, exactly in guanzo <laughs> okay where are we at with time here well we're uh we should be starting to wrap up okay um so what media are you consuming this week Oh, you know, it's been a, it's been a, a busy week. I've started uh, Tom Peters' new book called Extreme Humanism. And again, very much in line with a lot of the stuff that I've been uh, toying with, which is, you know, the people side of business. And, and for decades, you know, business schools have paid a little bit of lip service, I think. You know, you, get, you take the one course on ethics or, and, and I think we're more and more people. And Tom Peters has been preaching this for 35 years and uh so it's really really I, i'm enjoying it you know it's in his usual uh pull no punches style and basic messages the people thing is always where the value is and you know it doesn't matter how good your product or your service or your technology or your concept if, if the people are not taken care of then they're not taking care of your 
customers and each other and uh so i'm i'll i'll report more on it i just get get into it but it's uh it's a good book and then in terms of tv stuff uh, I've been doing some expands as we talked about. So I think I just watched episode four of season one and yeah, I'm getting uh, starting to get into it. So it's a good show. Are they on the Rossi yet? I uh, don't think so. No. Okay. No. Okay. How about you? Uh, so the reason I asked about the Rossi is because uh, well, we were in the process of getting a truck camper to go with our truck that we just purchased. Yes. And you've named it after um, that. And we've named uh, the, the truck camper is going to be the Rossi. Nice. And um, so I've actually got uh, I've got uh, stickers <laughs> that are coming. I'm going to put it on. Right. And uh, I even got a couple of coffee mugs that uh, are related to the name of the, the ship and where it came from. Yes. So uh, so that's uh, uh, yeah. It, so I'm a big fan of the Ross. That but so in terms of media, I've been consuming. I've been watching lots of. <laughs> lots of youtube videos on rvs and how to fit them and what kinds of things we need sure um and what we need need to watch out for um so that's sorry go ahead well that's been that's been taking up a fair bit and i just i just saw your great big truck just coming in and and it is it is big (laughs) oh my god i believe i (laughs) drove here in a toyota matrix and as you pointed out I believe it would probably fit in the bed of this great big truck. So uh, I think so. Yeah. So welcome to Western Canada and uh, cowboy boots and your hat and I don't have any truck nuts. No yet. truck nuts yet, but uh, Christmas is coming, and so we got your number. <laughs> Are you a brass or silver man? Oh. <laughs> and uh, and in terms of TV, um, I watched the first episode of Loki. Uh, I was a little underwhelmed. I I enjoyed it, but I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really liked the uh, Wandavision. I thought that was amazing. But yeah. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was kind of a little scattered. I f- I thought. Oh really? We uh we really liked. I think we've liked all of them because mm-hmm. they've been different. It was, so it was we okay. watched Loki too. Tom Hiddleston is just awesome. So Tom, yeah. So and, and if anybody is a big Tom Hiddleston fan, I highly recommend watching the TV. It's a mini series called The Night Manager. Oh, okay. And it is. There was some talk at one point in time about him being the next James Bond. I remember hearing about that. And yeah. uh, I think he if been... you see The Night Manager, you could see why. Okay. And what platform is that on here in Canada? Do you know? You know, I think it is. I think it might be on Prime. I'm not okay. sure. I'll check it out. But uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely worth searching out. It is it is a fantastic, uh, fantastic series that is quite unexpected. Yeah. Um, just to go back to Loki. I, I I think I really enjoyed the dynamic, although it's early days with between Owen Wilson because he's always so just Owen Wilson, right? So I thought, okay, this has got some. It's got some potential. We'll see how this plays out here. I always so, have uh, such a hard time looking in with his crazy nose. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, true enough. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so season two drops tomorrow, or uh, episode two of Loki drops tomorrow. Wednesday, yeah, tomorrow. So Let's so see. it will have dropped by the time this gets out. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so uh, that's, and, and I'm exploring a couple of, we have been recommended a couple of other Netflix series. Okay. Uh, one is from Netflix France. It's called uh, Lupin. Yeah, I'm, I'm about halfway through. They just dropped the second half. And okay. I watched the first half in English. And, and because I speak French, I actually went back and watched the second half, the first half in French again. 
I just watched episode one of the second half in French, and uh, it's a great show. It's phenomenal. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think, uh, and, and you probably, like, I have a harder time when I hear dubbed dubbed rather than subtitled. I prefer to watch subtitled, but I got to pay more attention. I got to admit that the, the dubbed version was really well done. Okay. Like, it, yeah, did not come across at all as being, you know, um, out of joint or it, just really good. So, in fact, I didn't even appreciate that it was originally in French until I was finished. I went, oh, I'm going to go back and watch it in French. Oh, so, well, okay. Yeah, great show. And uh, there's uh, there's another one from Spain called, uh, I think it's called The Innocent. So uh, mm, it's supposed to be similar, similar but different. Okay. Um, so uh, um, that's that's in our hopper. Maybe we'll, there you go. Maybe we'll get along. We started watching a bit of The, the Lupin and uh, I'll have to... Uh, I need some time to do that. <laughs> well, we live in, in a time of abundance. Yeah, exactly. So okay. that's pretty much it for today, I think. Excellent. So uh, next week we'll be doing episode three, and I think uh, I'll be taking the topic. And uh, I'm going to want to talk about servant leadership because this is something that, that I've been teaching in my, my college classes and uh, really, really, again, ties into this Tom Peter stuff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want to scratch the surface on that. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to continuing on having episode two up um, in the next few days, I guess, or next week. It should be next Tuesday. And uh, yeah, so the dro- they'll be dropping Tuesdays will be our regular drop day. Yeah. If that's the right term. That's the plan. Okay. We'll drop the episode. All right. Well, Mark, as always, a pleasure. And uh, uh, we'll just do the outro. Original music by Cosenza Music here from Edmonton. And we'll see you guys in seven days. And uh, thanks for listening. Catch you on the flip side. Yeah, you bet. Bye.